Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of four's base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate from there. I'm relatively new to RVing, and a few years ago, I convinced my wife that for an anniversary present, we should buy a used tent trailer from some friends of ours. Ever since then, we have fallen head over heels for the RV life, and we now find ourselves towing a 26-foot Jayco travel trailer. So grab yourself a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. Our beloved Blue Jay trailer is about to turn one. Moving up from a pop-up to a travel trailer has meant that we have had to upgrade some of our gear and we've also added a few luxury items now that we've had the space and the power to use them. Today I present to you our holiday gift guide. If you're looking to get that special someone in your life some camping gear this year for the holidays, I'm going to share with you our top 10 most items that we have used either on our pop-up, on our trailer, or in our campsite. These items all help make our camp life just a little bit easier and a little bit more fun. Coming in at number 10, pie irons. We use these mostly for making grilled cheese sandwiches using like Wonder Bread and Kraft Singles. Although I think new in 2022, I want to give a French toast breakfast to try in the pie irons. Getting some of that uh, thicker bread, battering it up with the eggs, cinnamon, and vanilla, and then cooking them in the pie irons over the open fire for a breakfast. But pie irons, we've added to our camping gear, and they've been a fun, surprisingly welcome addition, and the kids really enjoy using them. Number nine, hammock stand. We have a lot of trees out here in the Pacific Northwest, and I have my Eno hammock that is in my truck all of the time, but I have found that when we have gone RV trailer camping, finding the perfect two trees to string the hammock is proving to be more challenging. I received a hammock stand for Father's Day this last year, and it can easily be put together, taken down in literally about two to three minutes. It's a very quick setup, but also just to have that hammock set up in your campsite as a place to lounge, read a book, read a magazine, and or just lie out and look at the stars. It's a great addition to the campsite besides just your standard camping chairs. Coming in at number eight, a multimeter. I use a 20-ish dollar multimeter that I bought at Harbor Freight. I am by no means an electrician or have a ton of electrical knowledge, but I use my multimeter a lot. I've used it to check status of my deep cycle batteries. We've had a couple of issues that I've needed to resolve and look through, and so using that multimeter is coming as one of my most handy tools and made things a lot easier when I've needed to do a lot of problem solving. Coming in at number seven, a shower head. We replaced the factory shower head. It was probably, uh, I would say, one of the very first kind of upgrades, if you will, that we did to our Jayco trailer. I bought the $45 shower head, the Oxygenics. I bought it at a Walmart. And what's so fantastic about it it has a switch. So kind of once you're in the shower and you get your hot and your cold all dialed in and you've got your perfect ideal warm temperature to take your quick shower, to do the whole kind of GI showers and constantly be turning the water off and on while you shampoo, condition, soap up your body, etc. 
to have to spin those dials back and forth has been really problematic. And then you don't get the mix just right. And so it's either too hot or too cold and you're standing there. So I find it's best that this Oxygenics has a switch on it. So you can just turn it off at the shower head and stop the water. So you can go ahead and, and lather yourself up and then flip it back on. And the water's at that perfect temperature. It was all of about a 15 minute installation and uh, that has proven to be a really great upgrade to make our camp life a little bit easier, especially like when we're running the kids through the shower, we can set the temperature and off and on with that switch on the shower head. Kid one goes in, takes their shower, they're done, kind of the handoff to the other parent to tell them off and help them get dressed, and then the other kid jumps in and rocks their shower while the other one's getting dressed in their jammies or whatever. So, uh, Upgrading our shower head was a really big help. Coming in at number six is a brand new magazine. It's called RV Today, brought to you by our friends over at Rootless Living Magazine. It is a brand new RV magazine. And what's so fantastic about it is it's written by RVers for RVers. So it's got all of the great content that's not necessarily pushing coming from a business um, in that more of that advertorial. It is way more editorial. It's written by people who are out actively RVing. Their first edition covers like tips and tricks on how to winterize. There's the RV content, the 50 great RV content creators, which, hey, RV Out West is one. Anyway, um, I totally recommend you check it out. They're running a special right now. And so if you'd like, they have both a digital, a print, and a combined digital and print subscription. And if you'd like to save 20% off that subscription, go ahead and use promo code wherever. Yeah, that's promo code wherever, and you can save 20% off your subscription. Who doesn't like to have a, a magazine to read either at the campsite or if you have to do winterization and your beloved trailer is tucked away for the winter, uh, magazines are a great way just to kind of Keep thinking about camping and helping you plan to get ready for your next trip and just keep the stoke alive. So check out RVToday.com. Coming in at number five is the Dirt Guard and the Clear H2O water filter. We have been using this now for about a year. It is a two-stage process. It is a fantastic water filtration system. The Dirt Guard gets kind of the big clunky chunks of dirt and debris out of the water, and then the smaller pure carbon state water filter will filter it out. And we have drank water straight from our tap. We do also have a Brita filter for a, a third stage that we'll use sometimes when we're set up for longer stays. You can absolutely learn more about this product. I've done an in-depth interview with their CEO, Keith Bernard, back in episode seven. So if you haven't given that a listen, I recommend you go and check out that episode. We go into what is water filtration? How does it work? What's what's the difference with um, Clear H2O's water filtration systems and some of the others? And they kind of talk about some of the differences. This has been an absolutely fantastic ad to our trailer and to our camping. I totally recommend it. You can find Dirt Guard and their inline water filters at your local Walmart and pick it up there. Coming in at number four, the Phoenix Flashlight. Just recently, I talked about in a pit stop how I have added a handheld, um, 
you know, kind of more like a tactical everyday carry flashlight into my uh, trailer bag. I keep it in my in my truck. And, you know, there's a time for using a headlamp, but this Phoenix flashlight, I gave a full in-depth review in episode 16 in the pit stop, but I will say that it is super bright and it is a fantastic flashlight. And, you know, being RVers, having those flashlights readily available and easily uh, to use has been a really huge help. And it's really um, not something that I had originally expected that I would need so much or use so much. Uh, but the Phoenix flashlight is a fantastic flashlight. I have the PD35 version 3.0. If you're interested, you can learn more about that at phoenix-store.com. Again, that's phoenix-store.com. Coming in at number three, people often ask what's kind of one of the quirky fun things that you've added to your campsite and hands down I have added and I stand by it misters I've bought misters at a home depot and I use those and I'll zip time inside my 10 by 10 tent and then I just use a Y adapter splitter at the water source there in the campsite and everything's all on quick disconnect so I can switch out to a hose if I need to spray some kids off or I've set up sprinklers in the past so the kids can kind of run through a sprinkler on a hot day. But the misters are fantastic for when you adults are just wanting to sit under the 10 by 10 tent on a super hot summer day, getting some shade and have some light misting going on to kind of keep you cool as you're hanging out and enjoying your friend's company. I am thinking about maybe adding one of those stick in the ground misters that I've seen that are kind of like a kind of like a corkscrew shape that you can stick in the ground and run the hose. I don't have any experience with them, but I've been looking at them. The misters that we do use are just your standard mister kit. I want to say they're 25, 30 bucks at a Home Depot. And again, like I said, I just kind of lace them in and around the inside of our 10 by 10 pop-up tent frame and we'll zip tie them in place and use those that way. But misters have been a very, very welcomed addition to our campground, and we keep them in my uh, water box so they're easily accessible as needed. Coming in at number two, this was a Christmas present I received last year from my beautiful bride, and it was a countertop ice machine. This is a total luxury item. It is not necessary, it is not required, it is not needed, but once I have one, I don't know if I'll ever go back. The countertop ice maker is fantastic. It kicks out, you can do large or small rocks, but it kicks out the large rocks about every six minutes. You know, these rocks melt pretty quickly in a cocktail, so, you know, buying a big bag of ice if you're looking for a, a lot of ice is still going to be your best way to go. You're not going to use your countertop ice machine for adding additional ice to any sort of coolers. You know, I do bring a cocktail shaker on a camping trip. So to use it to mix up campground cocktails or if I'm having a bourbon on the rocks to add some rocks into my cup, the countertop ice machine is great for that. We also, not everybody likes to imbibe and beverage it in drinking. So we also... Um, purchased a sun tea thing and we make sun tea in our campsite and so using the countertop ice machine for uh, ice cubes to cool off the sun tea when you're in the afternoon wanting to have a, a nice um, cold iced tea has been super helpful 
Coming in at number one is the Viair air compressor. I received this as a Christmas gift last year from my wife, and it was one of those ones that had been sitting in my uh, Amazon wish list because I feel like it was just something maybe I needed, but I didn't. I wasn't really sure if it was something I was going to need, so it just kind of had been sitting in there. Well, unbeknownst to me, she bought it for me and gave it to me as a gift. And over the course of this last year, I have used the Viair RV air compressor on numerous occasions. It has come in so handy from checking my trailer tires. Each time before we go on big, long moving days, I will check the air pressure in my trailer as that is very important to do. I can easily hook the air compressor up to my truck battery and use it to fill all of the tires in my trailer. I did have to buy an additional extension air hose that's all on a quick disconnect because the cable on the air compressor, the power cables are alligator clips that clamp onto the battery in my truck. That is not very long. That is maybe a five or six foot lead. And then it comes with 25 feet of coiled air hose. So I did buy an extension of an additional 25 feet of air hose that I keep in the bag. And so I can, from the front of my truck, reach all the way back to the trailer tires on our trailer. But the Viair air compressor has been the absolutely most handy and useful thing that I have used throughout our first year with the travel trailer. It did come in handy, obviously, for filling up uh, kids' bike tires, you know, at the when we're at the campground. But most importantly, I've used it numerous times um, on our trailer. I should also add that while we were in West Yellowstone, we did end up getting a small, slow leak on one of our trailer tires. So I was constantly filling up filling up that tire and monitoring it. And as we were leaving Yellowstone, I did have to go and search out a patch and get that tire repaired. Had I not had that fire air compressor, I would have been stranded at the campground. That is why this is ranked number one. I wasn't expecting it to be friendly and useful as it is, but it has definitely got me out of pinches and we used it a lot. I cannot recommend it enough. Well, there you have it. Our top 10 most useful gifts that we recommend for this holiday season for that special someone in your life who loves to RV, loves camping, and these are great ideas that will help just make your camp life just a little bit easier. It's time for our pit stop. And in today's pit stop, we are going to be talking about National Diabetes Awareness Month. This is an important month for me as it hits really, really close to home. And as an RVer and somebody who likes to take extended trips, this is something I have to deal with, plan for, and uh, get ready when we go on these trips. So I'd like to take a few minutes just to share my story and to tell you how I travel and prepare with medications and insulin and to bring those all on a trip. Just wanted to bring some awareness to the diabetic disease. My story begins like this. I was originally diagnosed with type 
diabetes. Yes, that is true. Type 1.5. It is uh, called LADA, L-A-D-A, which is latent autoimmune diabetes in adult, which really means that I developed essentially type 1 diabetes as an adult. I was diagnosed with diabetes in a routine annual physical at the age of, I think I was 37. And it just popped up in my blood work. I didn't really have any known symptoms prior to that. It's just that my glucose levels were really, really high. From my understanding, type 1.5 is kind of like a hybrid between type 1 and type 2. And I'll never really know the full answer, but it means essentially that my pancreas is slowly stopping its production of insulin, or it already has, or it will be stopping production of insulin. And then I have a body that might be a little bit resistant to insulin. So what does this mean? It means I'm on an insulin pump. Um, I carry an insulin pump everywhere I go, except for in the shower or if I'm swimming in a pool. I sleep with it. It is attached to me. I have to swap it out and change infusion sets and reservoirs and stick needles in me and do all of that. So when we go RVing, you know, I need to think about how long, how many days are we going? How many reservoir sets, infusion sets, and continuous glucose monitoring sensors do I need to bring? And then I need to pad that because I have unfortunately snagged my infusion set on door handles and ripped it out of my body. And it's not comfortable. But then that means I have to stop whatever I'm doing and I have to go reconnect back up and stick another needle in me and get connected all back up. Luckily, I've been on trips and I've brought enough stuff where I haven't necessarily run out. But that also means I have to bring like vials of insulin and keep those in the fridge. So when on travel days, I have to make sure that our fridge is staying cold and it's on a hot day and that my insulin's staying within the realm of what that, or do I need to pack it in a small little cooler with ice on travel day? So there's all these different kind of things are a part of my life and what I need to do when we're packing up the trailer to get ready to go on moving days between campsites or even when we're packing up, you know, like last summer when we went on our trip for a month, I had to bring a lot of supplies so I had them for that month and I have to think about that and I got to bring that and plan for that. So living with diabetes is something that I just have to do. This isn't a Crimea River. It just, it is my new normal. But given that it is Diabetes Awareness Month, I do want to call out some things. Just I have done a lot of reflection. Be like, did I have any symptoms prior to that time when I went into the doctor? Was I just so obtuse that I wasn't aware of those potential symptoms? Um, sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh, that incident's that incident that happened. Yeah, maybe I was going to the bathroom too much or whatever. But but things to look out for. Classic traditional signs. If you exhibit any of these, a couple of these, I would totally urge you to contact your doctor and to get your glucose levels and your A1C checked. The big ones are an increased thirst. You are super thirsty. You are drinking a lot of water. It is not normal the amount of water for you that you're drinking. It's increased and you're just not able to satiate that that thirst that you have and you just are continually drinking water. Along with that, 
comes urination. And so you might have an increase in the amount of times that you need to go to the restroom to go pee. So, and then it's weird, right? You're like, oh, I'm drinking all this water. Well, of course I need to go to the bathroom. And so that connection isn't necessarily made. You just see the cause and effect. I'm drinking more water. I need to go to the bathroom more. That makes sense. But combined, if it's increased over what is whatever your normal is, that might be a red flag and really something to to think about. I just wanted to share this all with you because it is, it's National Diabetes Awareness Month. This is important to me. It impacts my family. My kids know how to recognize signs that if I'm having a hypoglycemic low, they know what to do. They can help me. My wife has helped me numerous times and has absolutely saved my life numerous times. Hopefully those of you out there, you know, people who have to travel with other diseases, I know we all have to take and pack extra stuff to go on these trips, but ultimately it's worth it. I hope this information was helpful. I just felt the need to share again because it's National Diabetes Awareness Month. In our next episode in two weeks, I'm going to recap our first year of travel in our Jayco trailer, what we've learned about RVing, and I'm going to cover our top three favorite campgrounds in the Pacific Northwest, just in time for your spring and summer planning. This will be a great episode that's jam-packed with a lot of helpful information. You're not going to want to miss it. In the meantime, please be sure to share with your friends and family about this podcast and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave this show a rating and a review. If you're not yet subscribed to the show, please do so. That way you'll never miss an episode. Now get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.